Hello brothers and sisters around the globe and possibly in Colob. Hi to all of our Colob listeners if you're up there. <laughs> hope you're enjoying the show. This is Book of Boredom with me, Brother Brown. And with me, believe it or not, my co-host tonight is mentioned in the Book of Mormon by name but not by gender. Oh. She is Sister Patience. <laughs> See, the word patience has got to be in there, but, you know, they don't mention that it's a person because they couldn't possibly acknowledge a woman's existence. Oh, wow. I thought I was in there for a tick. Oh, well. You disappoint me. Maybe you were one of Nephi's unnamed sisters. There was a sister patience in there with Nephi's clan. I had to be in there somewhere. Yeah. Anyway, how are you, sister? I am doing pretty good. I think I'm doing a whole lot better than you at the moment. Yeah, I'm okay if just people would stop wanting me to do shit. Yeah. I've got so... I've got so much. You're a connected just guy. one of those days where I'm like, People this is ever going to end. People want to be you. People want to sleep with you. I know, I know. <laughs> Are you James Bond? Possibly. I mean, you've never seen us both in the same room at the same time now, have you? I haven't. Yeah, see? You should be the next James Bond, Paul. I threw my hat in the ring. I, I said I'm happy to do it. Yeah. I, uh, I'll even do it for a bit less money than Daniel Craig. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and, and we'll see what they come up with. <laughs> Because, I mean, James Bond has been around for a while. It's about time they started to be a bit more realistic with the character and sort of have, you know, the chubby middle-aged man who you know, can't run quite as fast as he used to. When seducing the lady spies, has to stop for a moment and say, oh, sorry, i got to wait for the Viagra to kick in. You know, that's the James Bond we need. I think I'd watch that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It wouldn't be very arousing. That's okay. I'd rather something funny, to be honest. We need a realistic James Bond. They keep talking about how Hollywood creates this misconception of body shapes. Let's start with James Bond. Realistic James Bond. You know, really smart, suave guy that's just not quite as, as in shape as he once was. You know, that, that that's the real James Bond. Okay. Yeah. And maybe instead of a martini as he is trademark thing, it could be peer-reviewed journals or something. He's been drinking martinis for years and his doctors advised liver function's a little bit high. So he's going up to the bar now and saying, water with a dash of lemon, please. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh. Shaken, not stirred. <laughs> now, after you get all of your chores done today, including this podcast and anything you need to do in Toowoomba, what beverage will you be smashing down later? Well, I've got a few more in the fridge of uh, what is known as Royal Dutch. What is Royal Dutch? Is that a beer? Yeah, yeah, Royal Dutch from Holland. Huh. That's a nice beer. So I might pick up a few more of those on the way. I don't know. I'll go to the bottle shop and see what they have. I don't think we're going to find you yawning much today. I think you're at the high point of your day right now. No, I mean, I've only just finished drinking my coffee, you know, so I'm still oh. hyped up and ready. So oh, pumped. We have to be pumped because we are about to go through the most epically long chapter in this goddamn book so far. I have a feeling no amount of coffee at all is going to help us get through this. It's going to be pure adrenaline. Yeah, it's 54 verses of, I think it's not all Isaiah, so that's oh, positive. Well, actually, it doesn't say in the heading, compare Isaiah, so it must be some sort of new narrative. I think we've got a reprieve, which means we can really just slam on the side. Sarcasm. All right. Let's rip into it and see what this epically long chapter brings us, shall we? Okay. All right. I'll start us off. Hey, we'll do the three verses. I like it. And now, behold, my beloved brethren. Again, he's not acknowledging that there are women in the crowd. I have read these things that ye might know concerning the covenant of the Lord that he hath covenanted with all the house of Israel, that he has spoken unto the Jews by the mouth of his holy prophets, even from the beginning down from generation to generation until the time comes that they shall be restored to the true church and fold of God. 
God has folds. So maybe God's tummy's hanging over his belt or something. Folds that you lose the remote control in. Yeah, has God let himself go? <laughs> when they shall be gathered home to the lands of their inheritance and shall be established in all their lands of promise. Behold! Okay, so we're learning here that Jacob likes to say behold. That's his thing, you know? Each character has like a catchphrase, you know? Lehi was, it must needs be. Nephi, of course, is then it came to pass. Jacob's catchphrase is, Behold, my beloved brethren, I speak unto you these things that ye may rejoice and lift up your heads forever because of the blessings of the Lord shall bestow upon your children. Ah. Be happy for the blessings that are coming, patience. <laughs> and your children's blessings. Your children are going to be blessed. How does that make you feel? I guess my children are going to be software that I develop or something. No, your children are being blessed by not existing. That's right. That's the greatest gift you could possibly give someone. <laughs> Such a blessing. And if they did exist, they would thank you for it. Yeah. Yep, they'd be like, thank you, Mum, for not making us. We were, yeah. we're very grateful. You're welcome. All right, takes away the first four. Come on, let, let's see if All there's right. some meat in these bones somewhere. Not so far, hey. No. For I know that ye have searched much, many of you, to know of things to come. Wherefore I know that ye know. <laughs> I know, I know that, that you know, you know. that he knows that he knows. <laughs> oh, Smitty, you never fail. Yeah. I was bored for a moment and then this <laughs> happened. <laughs> Wherefore, I know that ye know that our flesh must waste away and die. Oh, nevertheless, in our bodies, we shall see God. He's going to see God inside his body. How does that happen? I, I don't need to explain this to you, <laughs> patients. I'm sure you're aware how sex works, right? I don't know, Paul. Tell me all about it. What am I missing out on? When two people love each other very, very much, oh. they get these certain physical urges. Oh, do they? And sometimes it's not even just two people. Oh! Yeah. That's nice. And sometimes it's God because he's kinky like that. Verse 5. Oh, he's saying it again. Yeah! I know that ye know that in the body he shall show himself <laughs> unto those at Jerusalem. Oh, that doesn't make any sense Ooh. at all. From whence we came. I think he's talking about Jesus now. You reckon? This is where it's confusing. So Jesus and God, according to Mormon doctrine, are two separate people. Okay, in verse 4 he says, In our bodies we shall see God. The next verse he's like, He shall show himself unto those at Jerusalem. God didn't show himself to those at Jerusalem. Jesus did. Oh. Getting a little confused and it gets worse. Keep going. Maybe Joseph Smith hadn't figured out the doctrine just yet. He just had figured out that he was horny. After Jerusalem, comma, from whence we came. For it is expedient that it should be among them. For it behooveth. <laughs> Isn't that a type of vacuum cleaner? I think so. Go and get the behooveth. <laughs> it's like a really large vacuum cleaner. For it behooveth the great creator that he suffereth himself to become subject unto man in the flesh and die for all men that all men might become subject unto him. Oh, my God. I was going to say, once again, he's not mentioning women. No. But in this case, I'm going to say it's a good thing for women because 
Only men are going to be subject unto God, not women. So that means women don't have to subject to this bullshit. Very good point, Paul. So by being sexist, Sam, he's actually let all women off the hook. And I think you should all thank him. Oh, thank you, Smitty. Oh. Thank you for your inadvertent sexism, meaning that we don't have to be subject to some <laughs> dick. For as death hath passed upon all men to fulfill the merciful plan of the great creator there must needs be a power of resurrection and the resurrection must needs come unto man by reason of the fall and the fall came by reason of transgression and because men became fallen they were cut off from the presence of the lord and your wrist bones connected to your <laughs> and there's one of our favourite phrases again. There must needs be. I know. Yeah. But here's a challenge to all of our listeners. In regular conversation, use the phrase, it must needs be, and see if anybody knows what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> Even if it's just saying to your partner, I must needs go down to the shops to buy some bread. Just throw it in there and see what looks you get. Talking to your co-worker, oh, it must needs be that I must go to the coffee machine. I want to know if anybody else understands this phrase. I think we should take it one step further. Yeah. You should try this in the bedroom. Ooh. I must needs go down on you. I must needs you to suck me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It must needs be. You, come on, baby. Come on, baby. It must, me, must needs be that you, come on, baby. Come on. It must needs be. All right, you're good. Wherefore, it must needs be an infinite atonement. Save it should be an infinite atonement. This corruption could not put on incorruption. Wherefore, the first judgment which came upon man must needs have remained to an endless duration. And if so, this flesh must have laid down to rot what? and to crumble to its mother earth to rise no more. Oh, what the fuck? He's gone on new age. It's Gia or Gaia. Or something. Mother Earth. Motherfucker. I cannot be doing this podcast sober because this is so hard to even comprehend. <laughs> You've been to Japan, you know, Japanglish. Kind of throw sort of <laughs> profound sounding English words and sentences together. Like, you That's know, right. there was the tawny rabbit that was very happy, you know. That's what that verse sounds like. It's like he's like just picked all these random phrases and thrown them together, you know. Wherefore, the first judgment remain to an endless duration. Flesh laid down, rot, you know. It's like you know what it is? It's reformed Egyptlish. <laughs> Put that down as a possible title for this episode. <laughs> Reformed Egyptlish. Oh, the wisdom of God and his mercy and grace. For behold, if the flesh should rise no more, our spirits must become subject to that angel who fell from before the presence of the eternal God and became the devil to rise no more. Oh, boring. And our spirits must have become like unto him. And we become devils, angels to a devil, to be shut off from the presence of God and to remain with the father of lies in misery like unto himself. Yea, to that being who beguiled our first parents, who transformeth himself nigh unto an angel of light <laughs> and stirreth up the children of men unto secret combinations of murder and all manner of secret works of darkness. <laughs> Mormon belief is that God had a plan 
plan for all of us and everything happened according to God's plan. Satan didn't want to stick to God's plan but introduced his own plan and that's why he was cast out. But God needed humans to be tempted for Adam and Eve to eat the fruit and become mortal and all that stuff. So really by not doing God's plan, Satan did God's plan and without Satan, God's plan wouldn't happen. Yet they want to make Satan out to be the bad guy. But basically without Satan, none of God's plan would have actually happened or worked. And they're dissing the guy. They're like, you know, this evil man who did all this bad shit. It's like, if it wasn't for Satan, according to your doctrine, you would not be here. You have to thank Satan for everything. And he stuck to the plan. And he didn't have to be killed for it. I mean, Satan is the winner in all of this, quite frankly. Definitely. Jesus really fucked up. If only we could get the two of them in a room. Yeah, we'll have to work on that. Oh, how great the goodness of our God, who prepareth a way for our escape from the grasp of this awful monster. Yea, that monster, death and hell, which I call death of the body and also the death of the spirit. This is Jacob, right, that's talking? Yeah, yeah, this is Jacob. Nephi's brother still talking here, yes. And because of the way of deliverance of our God, the Holy One of Israel, <laughs> this death of which I have spoken, which is the temporal, oh, temporal, <laughs> is it crispy? <laughs> no, medium well. Medium well, oh, okay. Yeah. Shall deliver up its dead, which death is the grave. Verse 12. And this death of which I have spoken, which is the spiritual death, shall deliver up its dead. <laughs> because it's dead. Yeah, they're already dead. Oh, he keeps going, which spiritual death is hell. Wherefore, death and hell must deliver up their dead. Yes, and hell must deliver up its captive spirits. Yes, and the grave must deliver up its captive bodies. Uh, this is just sounding like a zombie movie now. I you know, think all the so. dead bodies rising from the grave, the dead becoming undead. The Joseph Smith zombie apocalypse. Yes. Oh, God. And the bodies and the spirits of men will be restored one to the other. And it is by the power of the resurrection of the Holy One of Israel. I wonder if the wrong spirit will end up in the wrong body. I mean, that's a lot of spirits. Could you imagine that? That would be weird. You see, the Mormons teach that we will literally end up in the same body that we are in now. That body will rise up and our spirit and the body will reunite. But then somehow our bodies go back to our peak form. Peak form. So we don't resurrect looking like how we looked when we died. We resurrect looking like how we were when we were like at our physical peak. So we're all going to be young and sexy in heaven <laughs> how does mormonism handle major genetic defects which have prevented certain mormons who had them from being their prime well you see those will be repaired oh. parents who had disabled children they could take hope and solace in the knowledge that in heaven their child will be whole but then it's not really your child because you love your child for who they are when you're with them and then all of a sudden you meet your child and they're this perfect body without any disability abilities or problems whatsoever and you won't recognize them no no and everything you love the child for will no longer be there very disappointing quite frankly and quite discriminatory too because basically it's saying that there is something wrong with disabled people but it's okay because when you die you'll be all hunky-dory but anyway anyway we're all going to be young perfect and sexy in heaven and that's what matters 
Well, I heard this week, because Christy listens to a podcast with Ken Jennings on it, and he's a Mormon, that apparently it was very, very popular for Mormon boys, I think it was just the boys, not sure about the girls, to all be involved in Scouts as, like, primary school age. Yeah, 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 it was. Scouts was part of the young men's program when we were younger. Oh, really? So you went to Scouts? Yeah, yeah, the church was very heavily involved in Scouts. (laughs) He did! (laughs) I hated it. By the way, I, you hated yeah, it? I hated the uniforms. I hated the little dib 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 dob 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 bullshit. I hated the fact that I had to bust my ass just to get a little bit of material to sew onto my shirt. I was like, that's not a reward, goddammit. But surprisingly, because the scouts in America in particular are in a little bit of trouble due to the old um, child sex exploitation thing, suddenly the church has distanced itself from the scouts now and said, oh, whoa, whoa, we're not with them. They're on their own. We've only been one in the same with them for the last hundred years but oh, oh they've been doing bad things for the kids not us not us we don't want it boy skills in america is pretty much done oh really that they got sued so bad by historic child abuse victims that they went bankrupt oh i hope they all got a good payout but sorry high horsing in something that really annoys the shit out of me when there was a big outrage you know when scouts started allowing like gay people to like be leaders and whatever and everyone was like oh they're gonna try to turn our children gay and children against us and then you know if you later scouts is non-existent because of pedophiles and child rapists and it's like and you guys were worried about the gays i'll take a gay guy that sets a good example to my kids over mm-hmm. someone who rapes my children any day of the week quite frankly yeah yeah, definitely. So, shout out to the Gay Scouts of America. Do you have any good stories from Scouts amongst the boredom? Not really. I, I didn't like it much. The camping was fun, but I didn't like the Scout side of the camping. I'm like, why do we have to, like, do these things? Why can't we just go camping and have fun? And where are the chicks, I guess you were thinking? Yeah, yeah. I, I was always wondering where the <laughs> chicks were. Absolutely. I think you came out of the womb, horny. <laughs> I always thought it was weird girls could join the scouts, but boys couldn't join the girl guys. So I thought that was just straight up discrimination. Just like how they made me leave the all-girls school when I got in there as well. It just wasn't fair, damn it. (laughs) Did Mormon girls go to the Girl Scouts? No, no, they don't get to have the fun stuff the boys do. We spoke about this, remember? Oh. No. Boys got to do scouts and camps and fun activities. We've never spoken about scouts that I remember. No, but remember we did talk about the differences between the young yeah. men's and the young women's programs, you know? So yeah. the boys did all the fun stuff and the girls stayed back learning how to cook and bake and sew huh. and clean and be good little housewives while the boys went out and had the fun. Yeah. I heard that Scouts was basically just a whole bunch of Mormon kids. So did you have like a whole bunch of Mormon friends in there as well? Well, it's a bit different in Australia to America, of course. Ah, okay. But see, Scouts has like, you know, the different clubs, whatever they call them. You might have, say, the North Brisbane Division and then the East Brisbane, you know, whatever it is. Our Scout troop was called Lehigh. Lehigh! Yeah, so it was pretty fucking Mormon. Each ward in the church had their own scout group. Wow. That was part of the whole scout program. But they always butted heads because when we went on, like, official scout activities, we had to do the official scout stuff, not the official church stuff. Jamborees were on Sundays and we couldn't go. Whereas in America, the Mormon church pretty much ran scouts. They were, like, the dominant group within the scouting program. That's Astounding. And your scout troop would have been run directly by your ward. Run directly by the church, sort of with the scouts, but not with the scouts. The church just pretty much said, we're going to do it our way, and every now and then we'll catch up with the rest of you. The Mormon president, like 20 years ago, got the highest award in scouts that you could possibly get, which was called the Big Bear. (laughs) 
and was he a big bear? He was actually quite a large man at the time, yes. <laughs> but he was given the big bear medal at the church general conference. <laughs> so they had the head of the Boy Scouts of America came in and gave him the big bear during a church conference. That's how intertwined they were. Isn't that just so silly? At least in America, like the highest award a scout can get when they graduate scouts is called the Eagle Scout. Oh. That does sound pretty badass. You know what it's called in Australia? Tell me more. The Queen Scout. <laughs> I shit you not. <laughs> the highest award you can get as a scout in Australia is the Queen the Scout. The Queen Scout. Oh. Because they honour the monarch of whatever nation they're in. Oh. If only it meant drag queens. Once King Chuck takes over, it'll then become the King Scout. Oh, that's boring. But then the Scout's like, we don't want homosexuals amongst our ranks. They could influence our Queen Scouts. Oh, wow. We've taken a bit of a diversion. Where are we at in this book? They're sitting. Oh, how great the plan of our God. For on the other hand, the paradise of God must deliver up the spirits of the righteous and the grave deliver up the body of the righteous and the spirit and the body is restored to itself again and all men become incorruptible and immortal and they are living souls having a perfect knowledge like unto us in the flesh, save it be that our knowledge shall be perfect. You know, he's just explained the exact same thing as the previous verse, but in the positive. So he explained the hell version and then the heaven version. He could have just said it works the same way. Yeah, yeah. He's like, when you get resurrected, you get your body back and the good people go to heaven, bad people go to hell. There you go. I just saved you four verses. Wherefore, we shall have a perfect knowledge of all of our guilt and our uncleanliness. Oh, fuck And no. our nakedness. Oh. And the righteous shall have perfect knowledge of their enjoyment and their righteousness being clothed with purity. Yea, even the robe of righteousness. Righteousness. Perfect knowledge of their enjoyment. I don't need to go to heaven to know what I suck at and what I'm good at. <laughs> I already know. And it shall come to pass that when all men shall have passed from the first death unto life, insomuch as they have become immortal, they must appear before the judgment seat of the Holy Run of Israel. And then cometh the judgment, and then must they be judged according to the holy judgment of God. <sighs> He's going to judge whether we did the things that he knew we were going to do beforehand according to his plan because we can only do what is God's plan for us. But if we don't do God's plan, it was his plan for us to not do his plan anyway. And so even though we're getting punished, we have technically done what God planned for us to do. You follow me? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, everyone, we're going to take a quick break from our show to bring you a message from our sponsors this week. Hi, brothers and sisters. I'm Nephi of Nephi's Trans-Pacific Boat Tours. Are you looking to travel from the Middle East to the Promised Land of America? Well, we have the perfect vessel for you. Designed by God himself, this boat has the most curious workmanship. But don't ask me how we built it. That's our little secret. Once aboard, you'll get to travel with some wonderful people and have an amazing time saying prayers and praising God. We even have a prophet by the name of Lehi who can tell you all about the history of his people and prophesy to you about your time in the promised land. 
But don't be a sinner. He only likes to talk to good people. We are guided by the most amazing guidance system ever created. A device called the Liahona. It helps guide us to the promised land. But it only works if you're good. So make sure you behave yourself. Yes, that's right. There's no dancing, swearing, having sex or drinking on our boat. <laughs> oh, Layman and Lemuel, will you never learn? We are open for all men to join us to help us on our voyage. You can also bring women and children, but there's no need to list them by name. That is right. And once we arrive in the Promised Land, you can have your own city and your own civilization all to yourself, just as God has planned it. But make sure you don't leave behind any archaeological evidence. Oh, we must always be mysterious people, because God moves in mysterious ways. So join us now, Nephi's cross-Pacific tour ship. The most fun you will ever have crossing the Pacific. Call us now on 1-800-NEPHI-BOAT. For terms and conditions, please do not read the Book of Mormon. So climb aboard, sailor! <laughs> Verse 16, and assuredly as the Lord liveth, for the Lord God hath spoken it, and it is his eternal word, because uh, he never breaks his eternal word. Except for when he does. Which cannot pass away. His word is eternal until we start getting outside pressure from government and society, and then God's word can change. Just like every other religion, really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah which cannot pass away, that they who are righteous shall be righteous still. Okay, yes, I think we've kind of already said that. And they who are filthy... Oh, are you filthy, Paul? Oh, I'm filthy. Well, don't worry. After the resurrection, it says, the filthy shall be filthy still. Got to work on his threats because, I mean, to me, that sounds fine. It's like, exactly. oh, I'll be exactly the way I am now in the next life. Awesome! Wherefore, they who are filthy... Are the devil and his angels? Oh, are you a devil, Paul? Oh. Well, I'm checking for horns. <laughs> Nothing yet. And they shall go away into everlasting fire. Oh, okay, I guess it's pretty warm there. I'd rather be warm than cold. Better to be hot than not, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're hot, that just means you wear less clothes. It's more of a party that way. It's short season. Exactly. I'm liking this whole thing. Oh, take me to the beach. I'm not seeing any reason why I wouldn't want to go there at this stage. But let's keep reading. Maybe something's going to come up. Everlasting fire prepared for them. And their torment is a lake of fire and brimstone, whose flame ascendeth up forever and ever and has no end. Yes, that's what forever and ever means. He's used the word everlasting, eternal, ever and ever, and then also has to point out that these words have no end. Yeah. It's like, pull out the thesaurus. How many words can I use for everlasting? Let me see. Oh, Smitty, you never fail to satisfy. He's saying that we're going to be punished in this torment of Lake of Fire, but we're going to be eternal beings that can't die anyway. So again, this sounds fun. It's like you tell me I can run and hop through lava and not die. That sounds fucking awesome. That'll tingle. Yeah, again, you got to work on your threats there, God and Jacob, because you are not making me not want to go to hell. It's sounding quite fun. That's right, it has upsides. Well, I'm not seeing any downsides so far. It's all good. I'm not seeing a lot of upsides of going to heaven, to be honest. Doing the same thing over and over, worshipping God all day. Oh, fuck that. Yeah, I want to play in the lava and not die. That sounds a lot more entertaining than just going to heaven and singing to God forever. Yeah, at least there's the potential for something new to happen. They should have said, if you go to hell, you're going to have to spend eternity listening to 
the Justin Bieber, then I would be scared enough to go back to church. Have you heard that he's like singing Christian music now? Just like Kanye. They figured that that's a market they hadn't tapped yet. If they pretend to be Christian, they can make a lot more money off Christians and being evangelical. That might be it. Because his record sales were failing and he thought, if I can tap the Christian market, that's a lot of Americans that will then start buying my albums because I'm singing about Jesus. I just thought it was because he was crazy. Oh, he's crazy too. He's an absolute <laughs> whack job. Verse 17. Oh, the greatness and the justice of our God. Oh, isn't he just so great and just, Paul? There's just absolutely no way you could ever question his greatness and his justness. I know, I know. Great, just, merciful, and will kill you if you don't do what he says. That is so just. For he executeth all his words, and not just his words. Nah. And they have gone forth out of his mouth, and his law must be fulfilled. But behold, the righteous, the saints of the Holy One of Israel, they who believed in the Holy One of Israel, they who have endured the crosses of the world and despised the shame of it, they shall inherit the kingdom of God, which was prepared for them from the foundation of the world, and their joy shall be full forever. Oh, the greatness of the mercy of our God, ah. the Holy One of Israel, for he delivereth his saints from that awful monster, the devil, and death and hell, and that lake of fire and brimstone, which is endless torment. <laughs> oh, how great the holiness of our God, for he knoweth all things, and there is not anything save he knows it. I think we can also tell it Smitty again because he's using a lot of O's. Oh, yeah, the big O. He's all about the big O, mainly for himself. Oh, how great the holiness of our God, for he knoweth all things. If he knoweth all things, then why bother making evil people? Verse 21, and he cometh all over the world. Ooh, into the world, similar, very close. The world is his condom. He is fucking the world. That is what that verse is saying. He's got the world around his dick and he's just like, bam, bam. That he may save all men if they will hearken unto his voice, for behold, he suffereth the pains of all men. Ah, oh, but has he tried the suffering of the pains of women in labour? Ooh, hang on, this is coming. Yeah, the pains of every living creature, both men, women, and children, who belong to the family of Adam. There you go, he mentioned women. Oh, thanks, Smitty. Oh, you're just so fair. How kind. I've got to throw in the token woman reference every couple of chapters, just to bring home this religion is totally for women. Girl power. Oh, it totally is. Mom <laughs> girl power 22 and he suffereth this that the resurrection might pass upon all men that all might stand before him at the great and judgment day that the great and judgment day doesn't sound quite right that and shouldn't be there should it it should just be the great judgment day yeah come on smitty focus if we read that last verse and just changed resurrection to erection, I think it gets really funny. He suffereth that the erection might pass upon all men, that all might stand before him at the great judgment. Standing erect in more than one way. We're all going to be standing before God with our dicks out. All compasses point north. Standing erect and pointing towards God. You can call your Willie the Leahona. <laughs> 
and he commandeth all men that they must repent and be baptized in his name, having perfect faith in the Holy One of Israel, or they cannot be saved in the kingdom of heaven. Now, again, is that really necessary? No. He knows who's coming and who isn't coming. God's just being a dick. He's like, what else can I make these idiots do that will be fun? I know. I will make them dress in white and jump in a bath together. That sounds fun. <laughs> Rub-a-dub-dub. God's just like, what ridiculous shit can I make these people do to make them think that they're keeping my commandments? Let's just keep <laughs> pushing it as far as we can go and just see how far they'll go with it. <sighs> and if they will not repent and believe in his name and be baptized in his name and endure to the end, they must be damned for the Lord God the Holy One of Israel has spoken it. Oh he has, has he? Yeah. Wherefore, he hath given a law and where there is no law given, there is no punishment. Where there is no punishment, there is no condemnation and where there is no condemnation, the mercies of the Holy One of Israel have claimed upon them because of the atonement for they are delivered by the power of him. I reckon every time Time he does a run-on thing like that where this leads to that leads to that leads to that we should have a clip of the elbows connected to the arm bone because he does it so fucking much the lore is connected to the punishment the punishment's connected to the condemnation the condemnation's connected to the mercies oh the plan of the lord <laughs> All right, well, what else is connected to what? Let's find out in verse 26, sister. For the attainment satisfieth the demands of his justice. Oh, such rigid justice. Oh, satisfying justice. Oh, God, your strict machine. <laughs> mm. Upon all those who have not the law given to them, that they are delivered from that awful monster. <laughs> It's the second time he said that now. That sounds so Ooh, silly. Monster. Death and hell and the devil are the two separate things. And the lake of fire and brimstone, which is endless torment. And they are restored to that God who gave them breath, which is the Holy One of Israel. He's just rehashing all of this fucking horse shit. But uh, unto him that has the law given, yeah, that has all go. the commandments of God, like unto us. Oh, he loves liking unto things. And that transgresseth them, and that wasteth the days of his probation. Oh, Smitty, you're wasting my days. Yeah. For awful is his state! Right. Exclamation mark. <laughs> I love the first line in the first. Oh, that cunning plan of the evil one. You ever see the show Blackadder? You might not get that reference. No, I'm not really into Blackadder. There was a famous British comedy show in the 80s and 90s called Blackadder, and one of the characters was Baldrick, who always had, like, these really, really ridiculous plans and whatever, but he, he'd go to Blackadder and be like, I have a cunning plan, my lord! And every time I read that verse and see that, I, I just think Baldrick. Oh, that cunning plan! And this is how I find out if my family actually listen to this because they'll send me something saying thanks for the blackout of reference. So let's see. This is a test. <laughs> Hi, Paul's family. Oh, the vainness and frailties and the foolishness of men. When they are learned, they think they are wise and they hearken not unto the counsel of God. Suits me just fine. For they set it aside, supposing that they know of themselves, wherefore their wisdom is foolishness and it profiteth <laughs> them not and they shall perish. He worked out a way of saying eth at the end of the word prophet without it yeah. being wrong. Prophetess. 
But to be learned is good if they hearken unto the counsels of God. So basically what they're saying there is smart people are not smart unless they still believe this bullshit. Smart people aren't smart unless they don't think they're smart. And then if they don't think they're smart, they don't use all of their faculties that makes them smart. So they're really, truly not smart. So this is just kind of circular and stupid. The whole thing is circular and stupid. That's the point. <laughs> but whoa! <laughs> unto the rich who are the rich as the things of the world like the Mormon church and his multi-billion dollar empire for because they are rich they despise the poor yes they give very very small amounts of their billions of dollars to charity and they persecute the meek and their hearts are upon their treasures <laughs> wherefore their treasure is their God, and behold, their treasure shall perish with them also. Oh, well, that's okay. going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy for the Mormon church, I can tell you that. Their billion-dollar empire will fall. Oh. <laughs> and woe unto the deaf. That's not nice. That will not hear, for they shall perish. Yeah. And woe unto the blind that will not see, so they shall perish also. Oh. Well, this next one's a killer. <laughs> <laughs> Woe unto the uncircumcised of heart, for a knowledge of their iniquity shall smite them at the last day. Oh, Smarty's back, Paul. It's not enough that he wants us to cut the skin off the ends of our dicks. Now he <laughs> wants us to cut something off our hearts. How do you circumcise a heart? Like, technically, everybody is uncircumcised of heart, unless they've had, like, a, you know, a valve removed or something. He's saying anybody that's not had bypass surgery <laughs> is not getting into heaven because their hearts have not been circumcised. I'm going to lay it all, all out here to you, quite honestly, people, regardless of your faith. Um, basically, none of us are getting into heaven. <laughs> We're all going to hell, so just fucking enjoy yourself and go down there a legend. That's it. Hey, this must be why the Mormons, when they have like a shindig, the food is also unhealthy. They're trying to get you to have a double bypass and get that heart circumcised. Oh my god, that's it! I know, right? Oh, sister patience, I have wondered that for 40 years. You have now answered the oh. question. They want us to have heart attacks so we can get our hearts circumcised. It now suddenly makes sense. Let's go oh. and eat some shitty food, Paul, and join the Mormons. I hope Brother Brent is listening to this because Brother Brent brought up the bad Mormon food. <laughs> Brother Brent, this is why. We all need to have our hearts cut up. Brother Brent, when you make the schmitty schnitty, whatever it is, make sure that it's really, really healthy just to, like, spit in Schmitty's face, okay? Mm, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, there you go. None of us are making it to hell. But anyway, keep going. Woe unto the liar, for he shall be thrust down to hell. Okay. Woe unto the murderer, who deliberately killeth. You know, I reckon we both killeth on our last episode. That was pretty crappy wasn't it? <laughs> it was pretty good. Thanks, Brother Brent. Yeah. Verse 36. Woe unto them who commit whoredoms. Oh, do you commit whoredoms, Paul? <laughs> I love whoredoms. I love it when people commit whoredoms. Uh, whoredoms are one of my favourite sins, quite <laughs> frankly. I enjoy it vicariously. Yea, woe unto those who worship idols, for the devil of all devils delighteth in them. Hmm. Oh, there goes Indiana Jones. Hmm. 
And in fine, woe unto all those who die in their sins, for they shall return to God and behold his face and remain in their sins. Okay, here is another fault I'll point out with the Mormons' plan for us all. So the Mormons teach we all sin every day. If we die and have not repented of all of our sins when we die, as that verse says, you can't get into heaven. Everyone sins every single day. So unless you are able to, with your very last breath, say, God, forgive me, <coughs> dead, no one is making it into heaven because we're all sinners every day. It's not just the Mormons who have that idea. When I was a kid, that really did my head in. It's fucking scary. But let's just say you make the opposite argument. Mm -hmm. Jesus atoned for the times when we haven't asked him for forgiveness. That argument doesn't make sense either because why then apologize to God at all? If he's taking care of all of it, why don't we just go, oh, he's taking care of it. I'm not going to talk to God anymore about my sins. And if you follow that train of thought, absolutely everybody gets to heaven. Yeah. It's all or nothing. <laughs> it's either everybody is going or nobody is going. <laughs> gonna have one or the other. Is it gonna be God or is it gonna be hell? <laughs> Oh, my beloved brethren, remember the awfulness in transgression against the holy God and also the awfulness of yielding to the enticings of that cunning one. Remember, to be carnally minded is death and to Aww, be spiritually minded is... Oh, you take you everything, all of my favourite things, goddamn, just give me something. <laughs> oh, my beloved brethren, give ear to my words. Remember the greatness of the holy one of Israel. Do not say that I have spoken hard things against you, for if you do, ye will revile against the truth. I have spoken the words of your maker, and I know the words of truth are hard against all uncleanliness. <laughs> He's given him the hard word again, Paul. But the righteous fear them not, for they love the truth and are not shaken. <laughs> oh, then. Oh. My beloved brethren, come unto the Lord, the Holy One. Remember that his paths are righteous. Behold, the way for man is narrow, but it lieth in a straight course before him. And the keeper of the gate is the Holy One of Israel, and he employeth no servant there. And there is none other way, save it be by the gate, for he <laughs> cannot be deceived. For the Lord God is his name. What the fuck? What the fuck is he talking about? Where's this gate? Now, basically, Jesus is at the gate being like Gandalf. You shall not pass! <laughs> I thought the whole thing was a euphemism for straight sex for a moment there. Yeah, a lot of it probably is. Yeah. 42. The answer. <laughs> I don't think we've ever had a 42 yet as a first number. Anyway. No, no, we're already in uncharted waters now, so uh, come on. Let's see where this takes us. And whoso knocketh to him will he open, <laughs> and the wise, and the learned, and they that are rich, who are puffed up because of their learning, and their wisdom, and their riches. <laughs> yes. Yay! They are they. They are they. How about that, Paul? Ah, uh, they are they. I am me, you are you, they are they. I am you and you are me and two makes three and we are all together. <laughs> Yay, they are they whom he despiseth 
and say they shall cast these things away and consider themselves fools before God. So he doesn't want you to consider yourself fools before God. I thought he wanted us to. Oh, I don't get it. And come down in the depths of humility. He will not open unto them. He will not open what unto them? The gate in the previous verse? Probably. Oh, fuck, I don't know. If you're smart or rich, you're not going to heaven. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> Again, the richness, that means all of the Mormon leadership aren't going to make it. Yeah. Mm. You know, it must be tough for them because if they just would reject Christ, it's okay to be rich. There's nothing wrong being rich. Rich is good. Yeah. You know, just don't be a about it. Yay, capitalism! 43. But the things of the wise and the prudent shall be hid from them forever. Yay, that happiness which is prepared for the saints. Oh, okay. my beloved brethren. <laughs> Once again, women need not apply. Remember my words. Behold, I take off my garment. Oh, strip show. Oh, okay. Hello. I take off my garments and I shake them before you. Oh, shake it, honey. <laughs> shake that booty, baby. Come on. I pray the God of my salvation that he view me with his all-searching eye. Wherefore, ye shall know at the last day when all men shall be judged of their works that the God of Israel did witness that I shook your iniquities from from my soul and that I stand with brightness before him and I am rid of your blood. Ah, oh, let me shake your iniquities to your soul. <laughs> let me shake my clothes in front of you. Daddy talk book of Mormon edition. Oh yeah. Oh my beloved brethren, turn away from your sins. Shake off the chains of him that would bind you fast. <laughs> Come <laughs> unto that God who is the rock of your soul. Okay, this is really getting beat. <laughs> Shake off the chains that would bind you and come unto that God. Who was it that posted that article in our group about the dude who got struck by lightning while wanking to the Bible? <laughs> 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 if you get real creative, you can make it into dirty talk. Oh, that, that would be one hell of an ejaculation, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and actually, if that were me, I'd put that on my Tinder profile. My penis is literally a lightning rod. Uh, ejaculates Jesus. Prepare your souls for that glorious day when justice shall be administered unto the righteous, even the day of judgment, that ye may not shrink with awful fear, that ye may not remember your awful guilt in perfectness, and be constrained to exclaim, Holy, holy are thy judgments, O Lord God Almighty. But I know my guilt, I transgressed thy law, and my transgressions are mine, and the devil hath obtained me, that I am prey to his awful misery. Oh my god, I've been laughing so much, I think my face is hurting. <laughs> <laughs> it happens, it happens. But behold, my brethren, is it expedient that I should awake you to an awful reality? No, don't do that to someone. Well, nobody asked you to, quite frankly. Yeah. You're just going to stand in there shouting shit at us. That's right. If you're so horrible, don't wake that poor fucker up. Let him dream his own wet dreams. Yeah, I mean, this dude's just standing there yelling this shit out, and he's like, do I have to tell you these things? Well, no, you don't. You can just go back to your house and shut the fuck up. Yeah, Jacob, shut the fuck up. Would I harrow up your souls if your minds were pure? Would I be plain? Unto you? Oh, Jacob, you're so fucking plain and basic, according mm. to the plainness. Is he, though? He's not really being that plain. He's being very fucking confusing, quite frankly. 
He's definitely a basic bitch, though, Paul. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Good yeah. point. Trying to sound all deep and profound and whatever, but we know it's all bullshit. Good point, Paul. All right. <laughs> According to the plainness of the truth, if ye were freed from sin, question mark, behold, if ye were holy, I would speak unto you of holiness. But as ye are not holy, and ye look upon me as a teacher... Oh, Jacob, no one looks upon you as a teacher. Yeah, you just kind of gave yourself the job. <laughs> yeah, you're just the fuckwit that's speaking at the moment. I bet they didn't even let him speak. He's just writing this shit down. Yeah. It must needs be expedient. Oh, that's good. It must needs be expedient. Oh, he's using some of his dad's language there. Hurry up, honey. Get the kids. It must needs be expedient. Kids, it must needs be expedient for dinner. That's right. Work that into your daily conversations. That I teach you the consequences of sin. All right, one more verse. Behold, my soul abhorreth me, and my heart delighteth in righteousness, and I will praise the holy name of my God. Oh, what a good guy. Ah, Jacob's so boring. Come, my brethren. Everyone that thirsts, come, my brethren. Come, come ye to the brethren. waters. <laughs> come, my brethren, come, come, my brethren, to the thirsty waters, where he hath no money. Come, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money. Without money? And without price. Wherefore, do not spend money for that which is of no worth, nor your labor for that which cannot satisfy. Hearken diligently unto me, and remember the words which I have spoken, and come unto the Holy One of Israel, and feast upon that which perisheth not, neither can be corrupted, and let your soul delight in fatness. Yay, fat people! <laughs> People, fat people, bring delight. Yeah! <laughs> Behold, my beloved brethren, remember the words of your God. Pray unto him continually by day. Give thanks unto his holy name by night. Let your hearts rejoice. And behold, how great the covenants of the Lord, and how great his condescensions. Oh, there's that word again. Unto the children of men. Condescensions is not a good thing. You wouldn't think so. Condescending to people is a bad thing. Yeah. That's what uptight assholes do. <sighs> And because of the greatness and his grace and mercy, he has promised unto us that our seed shall not utterly be destroyed, only slightly <laughs> destroyed, according to the flesh, but that he would preserve them, and in future generations there shall be righteous branch unto the house of Israel. And now, my brethren, I would speak unto you no more. Aren't you promise? Please? <laughs> Please? Speak to us no more? But on the morrow, I will declare unto you the remainder of my words. No, he just said you would speak to us no more! He's going to be back tomorrow for part two, patience. <laughs> he hasn't finished. Oh. In the next one, he only has 25 verses to share with us, so that's not as bad. Oh, how disappointing. <laughs> Well, we've gone through a lot this evening. We've been circular. We've done some mental gymnastics. We've covered all the important topics. Everyone at home, thank you for listening. Thumbs up to you all. And until next week, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen.